Hello and welcome back to the latest episode of the Tune Lighting Podcast. That's right, we've got a name now, finally, after three episodes, we're fourth episode in and we finally got a name. There's a bit of deliberation, a bit of back and forth, uh, various different puns and, and all sorts of things, but we finally settled on the name, so hope you like it. Yeah, it's, uh, that was Rob's idea. I think it's a very clever name. <laughs> but Thanks, not Jake. too clever not too clever you know a little play for anyone who didn't get it it's a play on the word moonlighting basically alluding to the fact that we're trying to create this album at the same time as holding down uh, our full-time jobs so it, we've created a new word uh, hopefully it'll be in the oxford dictionary by the end of the year as well as the album being in the shops by the end of the year which is we have and now we have a date as well that is another important thing to mention is that we have decided the first episode went out on the 2nd of April. So that was when the clock started ticking 365 days from them. It's going to be 2nd of April, 2021. That's the deadline. Mark it in your diaries. <laughs> All feels very real now. Right. So what have we been up to? Jack, how have you been in? Uh, we're still in lockdown at the moment. The sun is out, but we're being told to stay inside. So maybe that's a good thing for uh, for music production in these tempting spring and summer days where perhaps it's easier to not focus on this album and go outside and uh, sit in a beer garden or something. Silver linings and all that. <laughs> I've had various degrees of success. I think when you've almost got more free time and uh, you're almost people are kind of suggesting that you you take up these new hobbies and things like that like making music and stuff uh, it's it almost stifles a bit of the creativity for me i've struggled to really get anything that meaningful down the last week or so how how have you done uh, over that side of, uh, of manchester i had a bit of a breakthrough yesterday i had my um probably most productive day of recording to date since we uh started this project all right uh and part of that was because i managed for once to focus on just one song uh rather than jumping between lots of little tiny ideas uh so i actually i actually got quite a lot of stuff down building on that um it's it's not finished <laughs> but it resembles a song more than a riff or a a loop a jingle a loop exactly yeah yeah, so did you purposely start out uh, with with a goal to kind of try and get a song down or did you just sit down and think, right, I'm gonna, I've am got an idea, let's see where it goes? Uh, on this occasion, no. Um, it just kind of happened that way. I just got in a rare pocket of focus. and um, Creative flow. Exactly. And mm -hmm. I just ran with that for a few hours. Um, it was actually an idea that the original kind of intro um was something i've had sort of in my head for a little while but i've never done anything with mm. until now <laughs> uh, so i fleshed out a lot cool i was a little bit inspired by your your project from uh, the other week <laughs> from about, last week about animal noises um my version was nothing like as exotic as that <laughs> but uh being in um self-isolation I don't have access to a drum kit, so I thought I'd make my own. So I went into the kitchen and found various salt shakers, uh, bottles of olive oil, <laughs> bottles of it's the most middle Coke. class drum I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. um, 
what was Bisto. No, yeah. Very various things just to hit and scrape. A cheese grater was one of them. <laughs> Amazing. Um, just to try and start building up a little library of percussive sounds on my laptop. Yeah. And um a couple of them sounded all right as they were. Yeah. A few of them needed a bit of manipulation, um a bit of reverbing up and the likes. But I've uh I used them for the first time in this song and um, oh, nice. I've got a little bit of a, a drum loop that uh, I'm willing to share. Are you are you going to let us know which kitchen influencer were involved in in this drum loop, or is it up to the listeners to guess? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've, I've listed most of them already. There is a, an olive oil kick drum in there. I will I'll tell you that. Wow, God, that's I mean that sounds interesting. Let's hear it. Let's hear let's hear a little little sample because I'm intrigued. Okay, here we go. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You've captured like a lot of, um, like maybe if because if whatever room you're in, it's, it's I like the kind of there's a lot of echo, but it makes it sound really cool. I guess. To be honest, I've actually tried to reduce some of the echo, but then some of it's come back in through the various reverbs and things I've put on. Nice. I think the the most echoey sound there is actually a little. My flatmate's got this little egg cup, which is a spring, sort right. of coiled egg cup. So I just flicked that back and made, <laughs> made a little vibrating sound. So I thought that was cool. So that's in there. Nice. I love, I mean, this is, maybe this is going to become a theme for this album of use, using sounds and stuff around that we find around the place or that we download from, from uh, various thing, places. I think it's a really cool uh, idea of, uh, of making unusual sounds and creating something that sounds a bit more original than perhaps using pre-programmed drums or, or even a drum kit and, or you know a le- instead of a synth using some other sound i think you know utilizing any sounds is is intriguing but so far we have two songs on the go one made from animal noises one made from kitchen utensils so <laughs> tune in next week to find out <laughs> but uh yeah these are all starting points it shows that you can start with uh with anything or any sound and kind of build a song from there i guess so yeah interesting stuff so it talk, we're talking about equipment and using just anything you can find around the place and it shows that I guess if you've got some even very basic software on a computer you can record a song from pretty much anything these days that brings us on to the topic of this week's podcast which is that equipment um, and I think this is one of the real key things uh, that has, the evolution of musical equipment and I guess the the availability and the affordability of a lot of equipment um, which allows you to produce your own music from your own home or your own bedroom your living room wherever it may be uh, has changed so much in the past 10 5 10 years that when we were in a band for example probably about 10 years ago uh, you could probably produce music at home if you but the availability of uh, easily accessible tutorials or free free knowledge out there to learn how to do it was, was tricky you really it really did feel like you uh you had to go to a professional studio to to do your recordings and and, and produce music didn't it that's it i we didn't have the software and if we did we wouldn't know where to start <laughs> yeah. really it was sort of a given that every every few months every year 
you would save up and pay for a day or two studio time to get your latest songs recorded. Which has a lot of, you're limited to what they have, what their equipment is, to their expertise. It's sometimes communicating what you want to do is very tricky and you know being able to make music at home and and take the time to make music at home it really opens up a lot more opportunities in terms of you know taking your time to over certain tracks and you know, using things you find around the house using you know that, that kind of thing you wouldn't be able to really do that in an out in a studio unless you owned the the recording studio or you were really rich and you had unlimited time you know when you've got two or three days to record a track you, you can't do that you, you have to Really fix what you want to do and that usually ends up with just being a standard uh, core uh, skeleton of instruments and and that's it really yeah definitely you can practice the song as much as you want but um it's never going to sound exactly as it will in a studio and i think especially as a young band you might have an idea of studio polish adding a certain something and when you get there and you find that actually it doesn't sound quite how you expected but you don't have any time to sort of fix it or play around, experiment with various techniques. Exactly. And if, you, if you're not doing the mixing and mastering yourself as well, it's, uh, you can't try different things out. You can't try different effects out. You, we found ourselves constantly you know, sending emails and trying to communicate what we meant, which would be something like turn the bass up. But in reality, it might be something a bit more complicated. Than that. Usually, usually turn the bass up. <laughs> but yeah. that was probably because we were listening, to, maybe we were listening to it at home through different speakers and stuff. So, it, you know, it's... It's tricky, but I think learning to do it yourself is really opens up loads more opportunities and, and makes it a lot more exciting for me as, a, as someone producing music. There are no excuses now when you can just when there are f- famous albums being produced on uh, on a laptop at home with, with virtually no equipment. A home studio, it, it still might for many people. Uh, conjure up images of fully soundproofed big studio monitors um you know amp guitar amps guitars hanging from the walls guitar guitar amps everywhere all sorts of different things that like some people may think that's what you need to be able to write and record an album um but reality is that you can all you really need to get started now is a, a laptop and yeah even a decent laptop these days is very affordable to get a decent spec that can actually record music and then an audio interface to record um, other instruments into if you want to put a microphone into it and things like that the more you add the more complex it is but that is a home studio i guess that's it that is 90 95 percent of the way there really everything else above that is just bells and whistles most of it is done with just those basics um a laptop a digital audio workstation and an idea so for anyone that doesn't know uh, a daw stands for digital audio workstation so garage band is an example of one of those which is freely available on pretty much all apple products now um but it's just a tricky-ish thing to explain but it's a piece of software where you build up your your musical compositions so you have different tracks for for each thing so you'll have like a drum track uh, or you might even have individual drum ca- tracks for each type of drum uh, then you might have a guitar track uh, and then build up from there and then eventually you'll have this uh, these layers of, of various tracks with which you can put different effects onto and that's that's where you're building up your final composition i guess it within your computer these days something that would have been done on tape <laughs> many many years ago uh, is now it's all done uh, virtually on the computer so I guess it's kind of flipped the other way because you want to start with the equipment and then figure out what equip- 
what musical equipment you you might want to use to produce music rather than coming up with uh, loads of songs and uh, and ideas and then figuring out how you're going to record it afterwards well it's, it's certainly the case that most people just to most people who own a computer will already have the studio part of it sorted even if they've never played an instrument in their life i can personally vouch for the idea that you only need a laptop and garage band to write music because i have done exactly that well on a plane journey uh for business nice so i I had my had my work laptop with me which uh came preloaded with garage band had a few hours in the sky to kill so uh, i wrote a song and i gotta say it sounded pretty slick um i obviously programmed it all in i wasn't shouting my head off in the plane i didn't have my guitar with me um i was programming it all in sadly but the, the sounds you get on garage band are decent um they sound pretty real, mm. and yeah, I wrote a little, uh, little two-minute song, and uh, yeah, would would definitely recommend uh, Garage Band for a quick and um, easy songwriting. Yeah, I, I've done the same on a a bus actually. It's a, it's yeah, it's probably not my favourite um, digital audio workstation to to use overall, but in terms of what you can do on it for free and just getting ideas down on paper, I guess on virtual paper, is. Uh, is really cool and i think it's definitely started off uh, songs that i've then got on to record on other software we're using ableton live but there's cubase there's all things there's um, logic and you know there's there's no real industry standard there's there's many different ones that different types of musician use uh, so there's loads of free trials out there for people to try and, and videos and all sorts so it can be very daunting when you go on the internet and you like you don't really have the knowledge and you search for something that you've not heard about you may maybe you wonder what you need to get started and there might be there's all sorts of information out there that'll tell you you need all this stuff before you can even start there'll be forum after forum of people discussing which audio interface is is the best or which uh, pair of monitor speakers you need you know what spec you need to be even get even get started these things will make you feel like you don't know anything but in reality you know you can argue all day over little bits of equipment but if you're not actually bothering doing anything and having a go then it, it doesn't really matter if anyone is interested in what i think is kind of the minimum spec of things that you need to just get going and even that is We've said with a laptop and audio interface, you can do pretty much anything, but I'll leave a link in the description for a couple of articles I've written. Uh, One on like the core basic things you need, which is probably like five things. It really is that little of what you need to get started in a home studio. Uh, And then I've also written another article of how to do it all for under, to build up pretty much in a complete recording studio uh, for under a thousand dollars. A couple of interesting examples i guess of albums have recently been released that have really cemented this idea that you can write and produce an album at home uh, in your bedroom even the one that grabbed my attention recently was the billy eilish album uh which was produced by her basically her and her brother uh, in her brother's bedroom in their house in california um i mean you can even look up online what equipment they had they basically just used logic pro uh, some cheap interface, a pair of Yamaha speakers, which are the same ones I've got, which is which is promising. Uh, and that's pretty much it. And then obviously her voice. So to produce an album that's actually gone on and won lots of awards already and stuff, is that's pretty interesting. I think one of the uh, 
the other big ones recently was uh, was Grimes as well. Grimes' first album produced just in a bedroom the days before pre Elon pre Elon days pre the Elon millions <laughs> exactly record sale millions now she can just afford whatever she can write the next album in space or something. and she probably will let's be honest if, any, if anyone's will. going to it'll be her um and what i found quite interesting that was made entirely in garage band and maybe i just feel oh, i thought there'd be more of a level of snobbery from like dance music artists um around using free software but is the album cross by justice yeah was it yeah that was made in garage band which is to be mad. fair that was oh it must have been a good 12 yeah, years ago that, that, so that's probably one of the i guess the pioneers yeah, in, doing, in this method of uh of just doing it on a budget i mean the thing is equipment is so good these days that usually the sound quality is going to be 99 percent of the way there anyway but even if it's not that can you can use that to your advantage lo-fi recordings um maybe your bedroom's got a particular echo to it that can still be you know harnessed to your advantage and um that could be your part of your signature sound and because people are so used to hearing uh polished studio recordings it will probably sound quite similar because of they're all using the same high-tech equipment yeah if you've got a bit something a bit rawer even if it's by accident then that can be quite refreshing to listen to yeah i definitely think there is almost like a a desire for that from from listeners a lot of the time i think they they're intrigued and a lot of people like that rawer sound of almost less professional sound i know the um the car seat headrest first album which i've been listening to quite a lot recently uh, he just produced on it might even have been on a tape recorder or something really really lo-fi and you can tell it sounds like it's recorded on a tape recorder but that's what people loved you know, the singing was really distorted and echoey uh but it just gives it the whole the whole sound of the album is is that it's, it's tricky isn't it it's, you don't want to you don't want to force it to sound lo-fi you want that to be natural but yeah you know, equally um you don't you don't need to worry about it being ridiculously overproduced because that can actually be a bad thing a lot of the time it is a strange alchemy, isn't it? Um, trying to get the balance and indeed trying not to try too hard to get the <laughs> yeah. balance. I definitely, when I first started recording music at home, I had this feeling that I needed everything needed to sound like it was recorded in a professional studio. So I'd be creating sort of acoustic foam surroundings for microphones to try and numb any echo and stuff like that. I, was get, I wanted to create this perfect sound because I thought that recreating music at home was you just you're just trying to mimic an ex- exactly as closely as you can a studio but in reality uh some of those sounds that you create uh, some of the acoustics of just using a, a bedroom or a spare room can actually be quite cool and i've definitely become a lot less fussy with being open to leaving those sounds in and, and not feeling like every single thing that i write has to sound like it was made in a professional studio i'll confess i've never even attempted to soundproof um my room where i do my recording i wouldn't know where to start and as a result the things i record through a mic sound like they're recorded uh, in a bedroom it'll be interesting to see how we kind of we think about that i guess when we're recording the album but if if we get a certain sound or a certain uh part that we want to do that we think would be you know we we need it to have no echo and it needs to be in a soundproof area and we can think about that as and when we do it but it's not something that we're gonna jump to and and feel like we need straight away it's more about getting songs written and and trying stuff out and if it sounds bad then we'll we'll think about it later (laughs) 
Well, thanks again for tuning in to listen to the Tune Lighting podcast. We're one week closer to the end now, and uh, it's all starting to feel a bit real. Uh, we'd really like to hear if uh, you're listening along at home. Uh, feel free to email us in with any questions, any ideas you've got for the album moving forward. Um, our email address we have now is tunelighting at musicianshq.com. And we're now also on pretty much all the social medias out there, Instagram, at tunelighting. We're on Twitter, at tunelighting as well. So feel free to send us messages on there. We'll try and post some little clips and daily updates of what we're doing and what we're working on to keep you informed. Uh, and as I've said before, if you are thinking of also producing an album in a year or trying to produce an album in a year, then let us know too. That'd be great if we had some other people uh, supporting us and trying to do the same crazy task along the way. And my final request to you, of course, as I always do, is to tell you to subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, please leave us a rating on iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Um, or even better, if you could recommend the podcast to a friend or family member, tell them to listen along. That would be amazing. And see you next week. Thank you.